Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. It is. We're here. We have some beers in front of us. Not just beer. Not just beer. We have a Megalodon. Megalodon. We have a Megalodon. JP, it's pronounced Megaphorn. Oh, God. I was like, yeah, we have a Gefrindigten. I don't know. Why are these names so hard for me? Methaglin. Methaglin. Is it methaglin or is it megalithin? We put the meth in methaglin. Oh, well, that I can remember. If you give to me in like kind of a sing-song fashion, I can remember that we shit. We put That's... the meth in methaglin. <laughs> I, I will remember that. I don't. It'll it'll burn into my memory, and it'll be. Oh uh, yeah. Say that later tonight on on Bart. I don't think Out they loud. could legally sell that though. It would be bad. Yeah, I think so too, boys. I think so too. Uh, so I'm still just trying to get my friggin' ducks in a row on this show, man. We just kind of had off to a rough start for me, man. I think that um, until just recently, Mercury was in retrograde, but like today is supposed to be just like astrologically just kind of a screwed up day. Stop talking. I heard. I heard. <laughs> I don't believe that shit, but it's been, uh, kind of, you know, actually today was better than yesterday. Yeah, so well, see, there you go. So uh, whoever says that it's in retrograde can, uh, you know... Can not worry about it, I guess. I guess there are a bunch of people that gathered at, at uh, Stonehenge because it's one of the, one, the only mm-hmm. day you can actually go up to that thing. That's pretty cool. I saw yeah. a picture of a big crowd around there. Yeah, that would be sort of neat, I, I, I guess, if you're into that whole uh, that whole thing. I've been to Stonehenge before, and it was just the most miserable day. It was like <laughs> pouring rain sideways, and had, yeah, you geez. Know, it was it was pretty brutal. That sounds brutal, man. Yeah. But if you were a pagan, you'd be all over that <laughs> you'd shit. You'd be yeah, ready to go. Am, but, uh, Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yes, happy winter solstice, everybody. The Yule. Apparently, this is where Yule's Yule Day or something like that. And that's I where celebrate Yule, Yule Day. From. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite day. Um, so today on the show, boys, we have uh, the Me- Megalthin. And then we have an American Pale Ale. And we're, we're going to talk to these two people. Actually, let's get, let's get Chris on the phone right now, and let's just get, let's just go with this thing. Um, yeah, I, I feel a little bit bad because I told everybody like times that we would start at like seven thirty or seven forty five, and we definitely didn't. But uh, well, I, it's I, fine. I was late, so was... Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It's it's not a big deal. I just hope that you know that all these people aren't like on the East Coast <laughs> just dying right now. Chris, well, are you right. there, dude? Hello. Hey. hey, Chris, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, what's going on, man? 
What's up, brother? Not much, dude. Just uh, about to talk to you about your meg- 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 megaphone. Your megaphone beer. My megaphone beer? Yeah. I don't know that I have a megaphone beer. What, what's up with this megaphone beer? Is he outside in the hop grenade <laughs> yeah. tavern out here? I don't know, man. Uh, it's a me- methaglin, right? I, I think you guys might have called somebody on accident. Oh, shit. Well, I don't like doing that. I rocked a uh, Russian Imperial style with you guys like uh, oh. back in August last year. Did I? Oh, see, this is what this is the problem. I, I searched by uh, coffee, and this dude sent me a, a coffee methaglin, dude. And so I was like, and his name is Chris. This is this is definitely not a Russian Imperial Stout, Chris. No, so you get no That's points. Awesome. You get no points, dude. You actually, We're just sitting here at the cigar bar right now, just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> we got the wrong guy. Uh, uh, we got, uh, we got, uh, we got uh, dude. You got our you got our first zero point score. So <laughs> hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hey, hey guys, guys. Hey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cigar bar people. Uh, all right, dude. Well, hey man, you go uh, keep putting things in your mouth, homie, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk to you later. You guys get to All right, <laughs> later, dude. Hey, hey, well, that was interesting. At least we know what our brewers like to do in their off time when they're not. That's right. Coming on the show. My mega. What's the megaphone? <laughs> Hammered. Hammered. He answered though. That was great. That was fantastic. I never answer a friggin' phone number. I don't know. We should let him talk about his Chris. recipe. Hello? Hello, is this hey. Chris with the methaglin? Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, what's going on, man? Now he's saying it right. Yeah. You missed this whole Well, when I get locked diatribe. in a very serious conversation, uh, uh, sorry, man, I, I was trying to call, apparently I was calling another Chris. I called so. some guy in Cancun that was at a party bar, like, uh, drinking like, hey, shots. Let's talk about these. Uh, dude, I sent in a Russian Imperial Stout months ago, but not that. <laughs> anyway, um, Chris, sorry for the delay, man, but we're here to talk about your methaglin. All right, sweet. Uh, if that's cool with you, um, have you brewed a, a, a methaglin before? I uh, actually, this is my second time oh. um, doing this one. Um, and the first time, I think I completely just um, did not know exactly what I was doing. So I um, started <laughs> listening a little bit more to the um, you guys' podcast, and oh, cool. also. Um, I've been reading a couple books and stuff, and so I figured I'd give it another shot and yeah. you know, see where it goes. Awesome. Well, that's uh, what. What is a methaglin, anyway? So, I, honestly, I, I just learned how to say it. Like, no joke. <laughs> well, from what I gather, a methaglin is a mead that has either some spice or herb or a vegetable in it. Um, uh, so that's what I took from a methaglin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You got it. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds good, uh, Brian. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with the megalithin, methaglin, megaphone beer, <laughs> megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm so stupid. Um, so we've got a uh, an M3B, a methaglin with uh, uh, no varietal honey declared that we could see. Uh, it was declared as uh, still, dry, and uh, standard strength with uh, cocoa and coffee as the special ingredients. Um, in the bouquet, I got a, a medium, rich herbal honey character and... I got a, a fair amount of cocoa coming through in that. It was slightly kind of sharp, like, um, well, um, I think peppery is a good word for that. It's kind of 
kind of spicy. Um, there's some definite obvious alcohol, which also might be contributing to some of that kind of spicy aromatic to it. Um, it seems like to me the coffee is only contributing a whiff of aroma. I'm not getting a big like, hey, here's even a you know a roasty coffee thing or a you know even a diner mellow coffee or a blonde roast. It's just kind of very background, but uh, you know it's kind of, it's in there. Low fruitiness. Esters are pretty restrained. I would say it's, it's pretty complex, but it, there's also some some aromas that are a bit clashing in here. So, um, appearance-wise, it's moderately hazy. I would say grayish tinged, medium golden color. No obvious um, legs forming on the glass. It appears still, uh, but I did see some large bubbles ringing the glass around there. Uh, but it, yeah, it's definitely not carbonated. Um, getting into the flavor, getting. We didn't know what the honey was, but I'm getting kind of a medium, nondescript, neutral. I mean, what do we get with a maybe a clover honey or a wildflower? Just fairly, yeah, honey. You know, um, it's dry as declared, although not overly dry. It's not bone dry, like bitingly. So uh, it's got a, just a tinge of, of something there in the in the body and giving it a little sweetness, but not. Yeah, it's it's dry as declared. Nice uh, there. So, the cocoa I felt was pretty mellow actually in the flavor. It wasn't as sharp and biting to me as it was in the nose. Uh, it's medium low. It's not bitter like a you know a, a a dark chocolate or anything like that presentation. Um, again, the coffee's proving difficult to get. Uh, the alcohol is, is a little bit sharp and biting though. And especially as it warms up and it uh, you keep drinking it, it gets you in the back of the throat there. Um, I'd say it's probably, it's either on the big side of standard or there's some higher alcohols in here going on that are um, pushing up that impression. So, uh, you know, overall, I felt like it was a good mead. Nice, nice color. I'm sorry, nice cocoa character to it that I, that I was able to pick out. Um, I'm not sure it plays well. You know, the coffee and the cocoa plays well with the high kind of solvent, the alcoholic character and the dryness. I mean, dry beans are hard, especially with spices and stuff to kind of pair where it's like spices already can have kind of, an, you know, spices and herbs and stuff can and can have, or vegetables can have like kind of a um, astringent kind of character to them. And with the dryness, it can be a bit much. Um, in this case, it's mostly the kind of the alcoholic character because the dryness is really not. Not overly so, like I said, but um, I mean, the coffee is low. I might just be missing it somehow, but uh, it seems like it might be getting covered up by the cocoa a bit, even though it's not not a cocoa bomb either. <laughs> I think they're kind of similar flavors, like yeah. in, the, in the mid in the mid they range are, of flavors, yeah. and so I think they're kind of mixing together. Yeah, they're blending. So I gave it a twenty nine. I thought it was a it was a a good a good methylene. All right, Keith. I will uh, note to start here that this is probably only the third time. Well, not the third mead I've ever judged, but I think I've only judged two meads in competitions before. So when I signed up for Dr. Homebrew, uh, I didn't realize. I was told there would be no meads present here. I I like meads. I try to make meads. I'm really bad at making meads. So I'll just start with that. 
Um, so for me, I got uh, the aroma. Confidence boosters. Yeah, I got a, a, a strong green pepper. Um, I, I got some honey sweetness. Uh, I thought that for me the cocoa was fairly hidden. I was digging for the cocoa, couldn't really find it in the aroma. Got lots of alcohol. Uh, I got some green apples in the esters of, of, of the fermentation. Um, I think it smelled fairly sweet. Uh, but I, after, you know, the more I, I, I was smelling it, it was definitely hot and spicy and, and a little bit earthy, too, that I got from the honey. Um, so appearance-wise, uh, appearance uh, I did see some small bubbles. I remember one time entering a mead, and I got really, really dinged for making it still, you know, <laughs> still, and then there were some bubbles. So, Oh, my God. Uh, I just wanted to point out that, uh, yeah, I did see some bubbles here, but I, overall it was pretty it was pretty still, even though there were a little bit of bubbles. It's not forming a head when you're out. No, so it's, it's not. Um, it's just... A few bubbles. Fairly hazy, deep gold with some, some you know, as Brian, I think we use the word tinge of, of brown, I think I, what I saw. Maybe that's from the cocoa or coffee as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe giving that, that sort of that, the color to it. Um, but it is a little bit on the hazy side. Um, and I think one of the things I try to do, and I'm not very good at either with my meads, and I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm interjecting this into my, you know, I wouldn't do this on a score sheet normally, but try to get them as clear as possible. Just there's a, you know, a big perception in, in, in me is just making sure that uh, they look pretty brilliant and look pretty pretty awesome. Because it's like uh, wine, yeah. Yeah. Um, so flavor-wise, I got a strong, again, a strong peppery character. And and for me, I think a lot of the, I thought a lot of the flavor I got was more from the coffee than the cocoa. And I, I've, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of times in beers, making beers myself or even tasting beers that you get a lot of pepper character. And I'll talk more about the end, but from from coffee. So I got a lot of green pepper uh, in the flavor. Um once again, cocoa is, is fairly hidden. Maybe it's somewhere in the mid-range there, as, as JP's mentioning. Uh, I thought the finish was fairly dry. Uh, from the aroma, I thought it was going to be a little bit sweeter, but as you as you mentioned, it is dry, so I think that was a, a fairly accurate description there. Um, there. But there is still some residual sweetness. It's not like bone dry. I, I agree with Brian there. It was slightly harsh from the alcohol. Um, light tannins. Uh, you know, there's not not much else in terms of coffee either, other than the pepperiness too. So I'm not getting a lot of that, that deep coffee flavor, and once again, the alcohol is kind of prominent. So for me, I, I would look for different ways on this beer to, to interject the interject uh, infuse the coffee. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about how you did that, but you know, yeah. this beer, sorry, this. Uh, uh, methagen, methagen. No, I can't say it either. <laughs> Jesus, uh, man, you uh, broke it. Why yes. is that so hard? Methaglin. Methaglin. I don't know because it's not in my normal lexicon uh, of complicated words. All right, but uh, I would look for different ways to, to, to infuse the coffee. I'm interested in hearing how you did it, but I, I feel like it's it's not really working so well the way it is right now. Um, I think it's, it is an interesting combo co- coffee and cocoa in, in a in a, a mead like this, and uh, you know. I'm not the biggest fan of dry meads, but that doesn't mean they're not good. And, and, and you know, you can't make a good one. I just it's personal. It's a personal preference. But that doesn't really have anything to do with scoring the beer. But you know, I think uh, I don't know. I think spice, as Brian mentioned, like dryness and and spice together or, or coffee. It, it's it's tough. It's really not easy um, to do. Although um, you know, it can be done well. So I wouldn't give up on that. But I just looked. At, I'm interested, like I said, hearing how you you uh, put the coffee in the in the. In the mead, overall, I gave it a twenty-five. Um, maybe a little bit harsh on that, but I, you know, I think for me, you know, there there is a big appearance factor, as the score sheet says. Actually, for meads, it is a, it makes up a bigger portion of the score sheet than than the beer score sheet. So I think it is a, it is a big factor that that did hurt a lot. Kind of the brownish uh, 
haziness and then also just the, the overall spiciness. And, you know, if you would have told me there were some, you know, peppers or, you know, even a little bit of spicy, uh, like, you know, maybe light, light spicy chilies or something like that, I wouldn't have been mm-hmm. surprised uh, that we're here. Uh, yeah, coffee does that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think it's not totally go back to the drawing board, but I would um, sort of reassess how you're infusing those, those flavors into the, into the meat and how to, how to get it clearer as well. Yeah. I think it would also be interesting to, to find, you know, hear what the inspiration is for uh, a methylene. You know, and I think methylene, I usually think like nice, mellow kind of pie spices in there or something, you know. And the idea to put coffee and cocoa in a, in a spiced meat is an interesting one. It'd be, it'd be yeah. neat to know why. Well, let's ask him. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? <laughs> what's I, up, you, guys are, you guys pretty much nailed everything that I thought. Yeah, um, okay. Um, I um, so my thought process was is that so my wife doesn't drink beer and um, she's more into dry wines and I was like all right well I'll kind of brew a mead and I didn't want to make it too sweet so I was like, oh, I'll decide to try to dry it out as much as I can mm-hmm. um, and then I was like you know I wanted these kind of notes of chocolate and coffee and there was I thought that would accent it very well so what I did was is I took um, um, some dark roast uh, French roast. Um, ground coffee uh, from Starbucks and I made a tincture out of it and I added some cocoa to it and I let it sit for about um, 20 minutes at 100 degrees and then I let it cool all the way down mm-hmm. and then I infused that into the, the meat with the water and then um, and then I fermented it and I think you guys are right I don't know if the pepper was coming because maybe I fermented too high of a temperature and I started getting more off flavors of the higher alcohols because it definitely has that burn flavor like mm-hmm. it almost feels like it does have like a hot pepper feel to it so um, I didn't know if that was actually coming from my fermentation I fermented right around about 70 degrees and so I didn't know if that was maybe too high or if that was actually coming from the bitterness from the coffee and the cocoa yeah. and I declared the coffee in there but I didn't really think that I, I can't really get coffee from it I do get the cocoa um, but I didn't really see um, too much with the coffee in there, and I was kind of hoping maybe I can get a little bit of guidance from you guys. Yeah. Uh, I and part of, part of my, a little bit better. Yeah, I, I gargle French roast every, you know, super strong coffee every morning, so it's it's my regimen. Yeah, I, I, you should try drinking it. I, yeah. It's much better. I mean, I have a lot, of experience, <laughs> a lot of experience brewing with coffee, or at least a fair amount of experience, and I rip a lot of it off of what Modern Times has done. And, you know, there was a presentation at NHC maybe, I don't know how many years ago that was at San Diego, and I think I've I've talked about that on the show before, I think. But, you know, I think one of the the, the cool things there you can do, and it depends on how you're aging your mead and all that, but, like, to keep it on the coffee, whole bean uh, cold for maybe three days, you know, two to three days, and I think it was like two to four ounces per five gallons, and and throwing it on that way, and and you – Talking to other people, this wasn't part of the presentation, but we found that like the darker the darker roasts give you more of the green pepper flavor, and the lighter roasts mm-hmm. give you less of that flavor. Mm-hmm. So, what I would look to do in a mead like this, if you really want to, you know, infuse coffee or interject coffee, as I said before, in- incorrectly, <laughs> um, would be to take you know, like somehow at some point in the range, like we're going to get ready to bottle it or whatever, a couple of days before that, throw in whole beans because beans are really porous, and throwing them right in for two or three days, and using a lighter a lighter roast for that. And and then trying it that way, I think that would get you more of the flavor you'd want. And like I said, like two to four ounces. And and the problem though with that is like with the meat is that coffee does act, coffee flavor does actually fade pretty quickly. 
Um, so you know you have to kind of figure about when you think about when you want to drink the mead and when, when your wife's going to drink it. And and you know you can, there's different parts of that. Like it'll be good. You know early on you get a lot of coffee flavor, but it's going to it's going to go downhill a lot. It doesn't really stay there forever. It does actually fade after a while. So you know the more you use, obviously the longer it'll stay. But then you know it's probably stronger, too strong in the beginning, and kind of depends on what you want to do with it. And the meads are a little bit trickier too because for me when I make meads I like to kind of you know put them away and try one once a month or once every two months or once a year or whatever um so it's, it is a bit of a challenge there with coffee because it does it is a fading sort of flavor it doesn't really stick around yeah. as much as some of the other flavors yeah it might not be a good a good flavor for like you said you were just saying long-term aging for this I, yeah and i think i would personally do a cold brew coffee and put it in the secondary instead of carrying it all the way through fermentation mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely yeah definitely that's what, yeah. So and then just add it to taste at the very end, so you can get it where you want it to be. And then I, I would even go one up on that. And and if you're going to do the tinctures, which I don't really have any you know experience with, but I, I would make one separate one for cocoa and one separate one for coffee. And then you can play with them and add them, you know, as you as you see and add them to taste, uh, like Brian's saying, yeah. at the end of fermentation, because you're just going to drive off a lot of those aromas anyway. And you're going to be left with the, the kind of flavors, but they're not really intense flavors. Um, and then you can go back and add yeah. them. What was the cocoa added and how much? Um, I did, um, in a five-gallon batch, I did uh, two tablespoons. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that came through nicely to me, It was and it was pretty mellow. It must have been a pretty decent cocoa. Was it um, the, yeah, it was, it was actually, it's kind of funny. It was just, um, you know, the Hershey's. The regular, yeah, around the milk kitchen stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes good. Um, what, what was interesting is that this is, um, I've had this now for, um, it's about 16 months old. And mm. it's been in a bottle for about um, about six, seven months now. And as it's, I've been, I tasted one about a month ago. And um, every time I keep trying one, it, def- it definitely gets more, like, more peppery, more burning mm-hmm. to the flavor. Oh, um, so I don't know if I'm starting to get past my prime. Um, I also, if I don't know if you guys noticed in the bottles, I definitely didn't rack very well. It looks like I still have some sediment in the bottom. So I don't know if that is um, um, having any issues with the flavor or making it, um, stale quicker or anything like that yeah i think jp just shook all the sediment into the the bottle for us on the way here so <laughs> just we got all of that. I, it's all good that, that's part of my fault too because i had to overnight it um yeah. on monday so you guys probably didn't get oh. enough time to be able to let it let it settle down no, that's, that's jp's fault really it really is right it's this beautiful but uh pineapple bag he has over there that he brings stuff in and i'm sure things fall over and it's a good bag. You can find it with some some sparkaloid to get all that all that haze out of there, and and um, mm-hmm. you know transfer it off of the where whatever it's in, and to you know. But yeah, I guess it's all bottled now. But you know, before you bottle it, just uh, do some sparkaloid, or you could do I mean gelatin. Other things work okay too. I found meads are a little bit trickier to 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 clear up. Yeah, and it requires multiple transfers and, and things along those lines, and that's you know. I just, I don't know. I, I've kind of lost the patience for them, even though I brew some other different beers and all kind of crap. It's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah I think I the, the particles that, are, that end up in suspension must be a lot finer because they, they do sometimes take forever to settle, especially with fruited or spiced meads. Sometimes it's just oh, pain. But, you know. Uh, Chris, do you have any other questions for the boys? 
No, I'm all set. Thank you very much, okay. guys. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks cool. for sending yes, yeah. keep, cool. keep going on that, man. Meads can Absolutely. be really good. Just do a basic uh, orange blossom traditional sometime and, and um, follow the, the staggered nutrient addition thing. I'm sure you're reading SRAM or some of the, the Piat stuff out there and some of the other uh, materials. Um, and then there's, what's that, to- a Tosna, or what's that other thing called? The other, the other... A Totosome? There's another uh, uh, nutrient regimen. So. The one with uh, uh, potassium hydroxide. Potassium, yeah. For made K. Are you talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Potassium hydroxide is a. It's it's messy, but it, you basically have to make it up yourself, and it does raise the pH because the pH starts dropping, and it's a way to get fermentation to go faster. But I don't know. Mm. Tailored organic staggered nutrient addition. Tosna. Chris England was probably the it's one mead, of people who talked about that. Yeah. Mead made right. Oh, and the guy from, okay. uh, where was it? the guy from Norway or Sweden or whatever that had sent in a mead one a yeah. long time ago? I, uh, sorry to mix up those countries. Same thing. They're close together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks, man. All right, Chris. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it, guys. Thank right. you very much. Bye, man. Cool. That's fun. I think yeah. it's, it's fun to, to do the meads. Like, it's, it's not nice something we do. we do a lot. So it's... Yeah, we're going to get you judging meads, man. Doubt it. He's like, doubt it. Make them, make them make sucky ones. So yeah, I'll bring my my own next time, and you can you can judge it. <laughs> All right. No. Uh, hey, before we get out of here, though, I um, want to tell you about Grog Tag. Um, the, what better way to greet that fat man that comes down your chimney with a bottle of home holiday homebrew tricked out with all the Grog Tag trimmings? Visit grogtag.com today and order up some custom coasters, beer, and wine labels, tasting mats, metal signs, bottle caps, tap handles, and more. Plus, you can save 10% off your entire order by using code BNARMY at checkout. So don't get put on the naughty list this year, boys. Deck your bottles out with Grog Tags today. Okay. Man, can I can I convince my, my four-year-old to set out, like, homebrew and, and rum balls for Santa this Christmas? Hey, it's your tradition. I mean, last year it was milk and cookies, but we might graduate. You, you need to train your children to learn your traditions. I mean, Santa is definitely okay. over 21. There you go. All right, we're going to be, take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do, a, what, a pale ale, I think? Right, guys? Yeah, uh, yes. yes, an American right. pale. Perfect. All right, it's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Back to the examination. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Wanted to let you know, of course, that uh, the AHA is looking for new members, and it could be 
you. So go to our website, thebrewingnetwork.com, and click um, our uh, – there's a click-through button on the website. You sign up to be a member of the AHA. Renew your membership. Do whatever it takes, but become a member of the AHA. Um, if you are just going to the AHA website, of course, you can use the offer code BNARMY17, and you get two free books with your membership, Brewing Local and For the Love – of hops. Yeah, oh. this is a good time of year to re-up. And think about it, you got to join us in Portland next summer, man. You got to do it. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to that, man. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll be there, definitely. Very cool. What did I do? Oh, I did a ground whatever. Oh, that mythic limit was 11.5%. Yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't ask him about his yeast. Oh, wow. Yeah, we should it's probably my fault. I'm kind of that. like I'm rushing myself and I shouldn't be rushing myself. Um all right, we have Nick on the line, I believe. Nick, are you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going, dude? Oh, not too bad. How you doing? Um, not too bad, not too bad. Uh sorry, I'm gonna grab a glass here. What are you looking for? Huh? Another bottle? Huh? bottle, bottle? Alright, you guys talk to Nick while I get the bottle. Oh man. How's it going, Nick? How long you been brewing, man? Oh, uh, about 10 years. 10 years, okay. All grain from the start yeah. or uh, extract for a while? Uh, no, I went extract like first two batches and then yeah. had enough of that and went went to the all grain. So. Quick transition, yeah. Once you watch someone do it, it's like, oh, why am I doing it this way? <laughs> yeah. It is pretty much like that. Yeah. I, I didn't watch anybody for five years. Off I don't of, uh, YouTube. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. So I pretty much learned off like YouTube videos. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like these days, how to build equipment and stuff. So, yeah, man. Hey, cool. that's what they're there for. Uh, is this your first pale ale? Or I mean, I would imagine after ten years of brewing, it's probably not. But <laughs> it took me a long time to, to fire one out. So you never know. <laughs> no, no. It's probably like I don't know. I like to do a lot of varieties, but this is probably like my third or fourth. Okay. Pale. Okay. Well, Keith, go ahead, dude. Jump into this uh, pale ale. Where's mine though? I think you just poured it and then you set it in front of you. God, look at this guy. Thank you. Service. At least I poured it first. That's true. You didn't notice <laughs> That's that. That's true. It's not my fault. You don't notice when I'm pouring you beer, although you are across the, the soundboard. Okay. Um, aroma, strong help aroma. I'm getting tropical fruits, a mango, guava, peaches, and light green pepper and diesel fuel. Uh, very light on that. Uh, mold is fairly hidden behind the, the 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 big hop aroma, but otherwise I thought it was very clean. The esters are low, and I, I didn't pick up any flaws at all. Uh, no no diacetyl, no acetaldehyde, etc. Et um, appearance medium gold with a fairly long lasting sort of collar of white head around uh, the glass. Um, just a, a really faint haze, but um, overall fairly, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty beer. Uh, I think I actually gave it a. Th- I did actually. I'm not, I don't think I gave it a three. I did give it a three, which is unusual uh, for me to give something a three. But I, I did. I did enjoy the the appearance for this beer, um, especially the, the glass I poured for JP. Uh, flavor wise, I got really, you know, I was actually was a little bit surprised in the flavor. I got a, a grainy biscuit flavor, um, no caramel. Uh, the the hop flavor was a little bit lighter than it was in the aroma. I don't think that was wrong. Uh, I got more citrus though than I, than some of that tropical flavor I was I was smelling. Uh, some bitter orange peel and grapefruit peel. Um, the balance though is squarely in the bitter camp. Um, I thought it was a little slightly harsh, a little little big and bitter for uh, an APA. 
but overall very clean fermentation uh, once again nothing nothing off there um, mouthfeel medium body medium carbonation uh, finishes a, a just a touch harsh from the the hopping, hoppiness um, low alcohol warming which is a little bit a little bit high for the style uh, overall impression I really love the hop aroma um, I you know I would like to see that carry through in the flavor a little bit more but I think for an APA it's probably fine where it sits um, the malt was probably I would say grainy biscuity and very no very little caramel uh, personally I would like to see a touch of caramel but I think for style wise you're you're right where you need to be if you want to you know kind of play with those sort of characteristics you can and, and bump up the caramel a little bit but I thought it was a little bit a little bit grainy and biscuity um, uh, Beyond that, uh, I th- thought it was a you know it was an interesting way to sort of showcase the the biscuity sort of version of the malt and and the hops, uh, and I gave it a thirty five out of fifty. So I thought it was a you know a really a really good beer. Yes, I totally disagree with Keith. Oh, oh wait, no. Um, <laughs> it's uh, so in the aroma. I found. Uh, oh, did you give the score? Yeah, you did. Thirty five. A strong citrusy, light grassy, lightly resiny, piney hop character. A lot of, a lot of that kind of hop in there. Not super tropical or anything like that. But I thought I got a hint of that too. Um, diesel. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I maybe mean, I don't sit around smelling diesel fuel very often. You should try it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> it gets little, you really local, high. <laughs> Hops and diesel. Hang out there. Yeah, and at three ninety nine yeah. a pound a gallon, it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it does have a you know pretty low bready malt supporting. I didn't yeah I didn't get a lot of other malt characters in the nose. Um, clean fruity esters, kind of medium high level. Um, no DMS or diastole. I thought it seemed pretty uh, properly fermented, nice and clean. Um, appearance wise, it was bright and clear with a rich orangey dark gold color. Medium head of mostly finer bubbles. It, it uh, stuck around pretty well. The flavor was, you know, it was funny. The, the, I smelled the aroma. It's like, okay, this is a big, like, pretty hoppy pale ale. And it was dry hopped as declared. So I was like, okay. And then in the flavor, I get to that. And it's like, hmm. The first thing that hit me was kind of this fairly, I mean, it's not super bitter, but like the bitterness stands out. And it's a bit, maybe a bit too minerally kind of chalky like for the style i would say it just seems like maybe something was a little overdone in the water profile but the malt is pretty low just barely supporting um you know see so yeah, just a faint bit of toastiness in there biscuity um and you know there's a slight alcohol detected in there too it seems big it finishes dry as i as as you would hope i mean uh you know almost in a way, kind of IPA-like dryness, but not overly so. Uh, it's kind of like in between pale and IPA to me. Uh, balances to the hops, clean ale fermentation, and no obvious flaws. So, just you know, in the in the strength and the and the hops, the dry hop character, it, it does have a slight impression of a, an IPA, and not like a session IPA, like kind of the stronger side of pale ale slash IPA, uh, you know, low IPA strength. So. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, medium light body with a slight minerally crisp presentation, uh, medium carbonation. I didn't get any astringency. It's not very creamy. Um, not really biting either. It's you know somewhat smooth. Just a hint of alcohol warmth actually in there too. Um, or it could be a little higher alcohol, something in there that's pushing up that 
that flavor a bit, so it's sticking out. But it, it doesn't seem overly harsh and alcoholic. I didn't really check it out for that. But, you know, nice, mm-hmm. a nice mouthfeel for the style. Uh, yeah, just overall, it's a big pale ale bordering on kind of IPA-like, but modern. You know, I mean, modern pale ales these days are going that direction anyway, so you're following the trend curve pretty well. Um, dry hops show up pretty firmly. It's it's, uh, it's a pleasant drinking beer. Um, so, you know, if you were entering it as an yeah. American pale ale, I would back off on the strength a little bit um, and try to keep those alcohols under control. Um, drop back to dry hops a bit to be more of a style, or enter as a specialty American pale ale that's dry hopped, you know, almost like an IPA, but, uh, you know, or whatever, just, just drink it as it is. It's, it's pretty tasty. You know, I would suggest maybe dialing back the, the mineral character in there and the water a little bit. Like if you're putting too much some think? gypsum in there, it's a little sulfatey and chalky, mm. but, um, otherwise it's, it's a nice beer. I give it a 34. Yeah, and no, I think you're right. You're right on the, on the nose there with the, sort of the bitterness and, and maybe the alcohol. I think the, the aroma, if you look at the guidelines, it, it does allow for, for high hop aroma, and I think that fits into that. But it is kind of like the, the, the other side of that with the bitterness is kind of where you get kind of dinged a little bit. But it's, it's always going to vary. Like if you're really looking to win in a competition, this is a really hard category to sort of nail what the judges are looking for because you never know what who's going to sit down right. and judge the beer. They may have just had the same beer that JP had, and he's like, "That tastes like goddamn orange juice," you know. And it's like, <laughs> pale ale, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, but it's you know, and not not this beer, but a different beer. No, no, yes, yeah. not this yeah. beer. This beer is. I w- if I got this at the bar, I would not cry about it. Wouldn't send it back. Would you sing a lot? <laughs> yeah, because you cry a lot. I really do, a lot. dude. I have I have wedged myself into this tight corner of what I think is appropriate for for everybody else. <sighs> And uh, it, 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 I have a hard time picking beers out on that board, man. On any board, any yeah. bar, it's tough. It's really hard for me. But it's my fault. It's not necessarily because all the beers are trash. But uh, no, if, if this was served to me as a pale ale, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's an American pale ale. Yeah, but you might end up with that that old, the crotchety old classic APA judge that just is not. Boy, back in my day, sunny these. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's always hearing about a pale ale. I mean, yeah. that's a, yeah, that's a, a, an example of the style. But you know, and it's like it doesn't have to always be that. But right. Yeah, you get that sometimes where it's like it's only yeah. that, or somebody who wants like they yeah. taste a bunch of them when they get something that's like so like over the top, like you know, session IPA or even IPA, and they're like that's the one that should win. So it's, it yeah. is a little tricky. It's really hard to like kind of find that balance. Like you know, like depends on who you get. You know, the judge of beer, and you're like, it's, yeah, it's so funny because yeah, they to the best of my knowledge, they have they have not changed that that recipe. I'm sure they have to work with the hops to get it to get it right and levels and and uh, alpha acids and stuff every year and maybe blends or you know, whatever. But it's uh, <laughs> boy, back in the day, that was a pretty you know the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. That was a wow. That's a fl- flavorful big beer. It's for a lot of hot flavor, <laughs> not a lot well, of yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm worth uh, they're talking about too. Like, could you yeah. go from that Pale Ale to American Pale Ale to an Session IPA to a IPA to a double IPA. I mean, and everything's starting to run together. What it is? Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to where to pick and choose where to enter your beer at. Especially then, that American Pale Ale Session IPA category. I've gotten more than one beer called a Pale Ale, and it's a Session IPA commercially. Yeah. And it's like this is I I can't I can't deal with that thin 
watery mouthfeel yeah. and then high hop. I, I just I don't want it. That's not what I want. Right these now. damn I want New, New Englanders always throwing the haze and everything nowadays Dude, too, and it's just I don't even want to get started on. I that. am brewing a beer for JP. I saw his rant on Facebook. So yes. I'm brewing a beer either. It's not God, tomorrow. Which one, I'm brewing it on Saturday. I'm brewing a beer for him. It's going to okay. be like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but I'm going to mix in one new hop into the recipe. Okay. Not too much of it, but just a new hop to see what you think of that. Right. In the next show, I'll bring that in to see what uh, how that how it turns out. Like you know, it's going to be clear. It'll be it'll be a clear beer. I'm ready for that. So, so uh, my wife is totally the hazy stuff. Like she. She's never, like, I mean, I had her brew a beer once, but I kind of forced her to, and now she wants to, like, let's brew a beer. Let's do one of these big, hazy IPAs. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Uh, no, you're supposed to say no. That's not what a real beer. Anyway, I uh, Nick, Nick, recipe, Nick, Nick, do you recipe. have yeah, any questions have, for these guys on have, your on your beer? I have questions for recipe, Nick. Like, what, what and you water. used in, in hops and, yeah, that sort of stuff. All right, well, let's get his questions out of the way first. Okay, thanks, JP. Well, um... I had like some question. Well, questions like for dry hopping, I did one. I did I, cause I do ten gallons at a time. So for the dry hopping, I did. Uh, I usually do room temp. This time I did one room temp, one at cold in the fridge, mm-hmm. and the one I did at cold, I got it got like more of a grassy note. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys got. Yeah, was a colder one. So I don't. What do you do? You guys have. A preference on dry hopping that warm or cool? I mean, I mean, it's a personal preference, but I dry hop around like seventy-one degrees usually. I, I, I in like two to three days is how I usually do it. But that doesn't mean it's that's, the right, yeah, that's the right how thing I to do. Do it too, but, but yeah, that's my, my, my just that cold made it. It seemed like it gave it a more grassy note, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that if you've ever experienced that or not. Like the harsher end of the hops, as opposed to the the bouquet, the rich um, fruity. Yep bright stuff yeah. yeah like i think that yeah. a warmer a warmer dry hop is gonna pull out more of those um those kind of aromatics that that are just a little brighter and sharp you know nice and not not as not as harsh maybe i mean you tell us you're the one who tasted the two beers yeah. and you know you, you did the experiment well, so you know like that's kind that's of a, exactly right i mean i i did get more more of the um like grassy note from the cold and then like more of like the rich like Floral from the, like, mm-hmm. the, like he was saying, like the bouquet. What was the hop from the, the warm one? So the dry hop was two citra, two ounces of citra, oh. and one ounce Columbus for five gallons. Okay. And there's the, the diesel fuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> Columbus. So. And then the grain. I did a ten ten gallon batch. Um, the OG was one point oh five oh. Um. I don't have percentages. I I got my just pounds because I yeah. I use a Bruce Smith mobile and I'm on my phone right now, so I can't look at it. <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. It's cool. But, no, it's all but, good. But uh, so the grains, I did 13 pounds two row, uh, five pounds Maris Otter, two pounds Crystal 15, and a pound of flaked wheat. Um, hops, half ounce of Columbus at 90 minutes of the boil, and a half ounce of Chinook at 90 minutes. And then uh ounce at twenty, half ounce at of Chinook at twenty minutes and uh one and a half ounce citra at five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did yeah. American ten fifty six, did starter, um, mashed at one fifty two. I mean, yeah, pretty basic recipe. 
and fermented at like mid to upper 60s six, or 68 yeah yeah okay so I'll, I'll start at 66 let it go to 68 and then let it sit for three to four days and then i'll once it starts to slow down i'll bump it up to 70 nice. did you find it, it you got the clarity pretty nice so. yeah it's pretty clear man yeah and yeah. then and then i then i'll cold crash it cold crash yeah mm-hmm. and, then, and then keg so cool no, it's okay. and then solid. i got yeah got the blickman bottle in and uh, so that's always nice oh, to have. Cool. I could drink a lot of it. It's it's you know to style. I don't know, but it's just a really enjoyable beer. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I'll have to go smelling more diesel fuel and, and Columbus hops <laughs> side by side to to get better trained at yeah. that. Yeah, it's mostly dry hopping Columbus hops. So you need to dry hop your your whatever you're smelling diesel fuel with. But yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it was really great. I think that's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of smart things that you did there. I, I don't necessarily like Chinook, Chinook as a bittering hop or anything early on like that. But that's that's just me because kind of a minty character and I don't know a little bit harsher than you'd want necessarily. A little cleaner hop I, I prefer. Um, at, mm-hmm. the, at the you know just I think even that like Brian like talking about water, uh, uh, you know sometimes it's it's water or even the choice of hops that give you that sort of. The kind of harshness, I think, sometimes, but um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of a magnum or, you know, extract sort of person in terms of bittering hops for IPAs and pale ales and that sort of thing and whatever. But yeah, it's kind of a. Yeah. I like, um, I like using Chinook and, and, and blending it with fun hops like Citra. You know, you can't go wrong with Citra. It's That's a great one. Um, yeah. and, and I like the Columbus that they use in Pliny. You know, it's just when you blend some of those different hops together, you just get a little resiny and, and a little, you know, piney. And, and the, I feel like the, yeah. the Chinook gives kind of a grapefruity impression, which I like. And yeah, it's a little coarse on the bittering. If you, you know, I like, I always liked using it as a dry or a, you know, a late hop. Is, yeah. But sometimes I would yeah. just use it multi use anyway, but then I would find my bitterness was a little coarse, but whatever. I still drink it. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I don't know. It's crazy that for I guess it was a ninety-minute boil with the because it's a one ounce of bittering total for ninety minutes. But um, it's just crazy that it's yeah. got that bitter. Mineral additions. I mean, what? Where is your water? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't mess with my water. Um, yeah. Where, it's, where I, I have hard water. I know that. Yeah. Um, a lot of calcium, a lot of sulfate. I've always just been told. <laughs> You can drink it. Just brew with it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. So it's kind of fun. Like finding the beers that work for your water, and I, I've done that a lot in the past as well. And filter it and yeah, go, yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah. That's the way Dark it should be. Really, in some ways, it's good for my water, so I know nice. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same way, dude. Forget all that water nonsense. Leave it. Leave it to smarter people. <laughs> It'd be a headache. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, any questions for Nick or Nick? Any questions for the boys? Uh, can I, I got an off, off topic question. Sure. Um, yeah. You, with the, you guys brew for, com- or, uh, judge for competitions. Mm-hmm. Does your flight that we're the, the judge's flight that comes in where like you're getting brewed, your beer's getting brewed or uh, not brewed, but judged. Does it matter what, when it's getting judged? Like, say you have like nine beers in this. Yeah. Oh, does flight order it's, matter? It's always hard if your beer is very so, early in the ordinal position. Like the first beer is always the hardest, and the the last yeah, two beers are always the hardest. I, okay. To I, me, I, how do you do that? So, say no. you get you get a good one right off the bat, and then you got like nine more to go. So, 
I, I mean, a good a good judge can tell the really good one, and you know. But I don't think scores matter that much. And what I, I tend to do sometimes too is like not let's not like drain the bottle on the first go round. Yeah, and even so, like a lot of competitions mm. now, like there's always mini best of shows and stuff like that. But even before before that, like hey, let's drink like half of the bottle, and then if we need to come back to it, let's taste them again side by side, because we may have been a bit off, because a lot of competitions start like 9 in the morning, and you're kind of like, hey, I had, a, I had a cup of coffee, I had a bagel, and I'm just kind of getting warmed up right now, and a lot of times you're like, ah, I don't, yeah. that first beer seems good, but maybe that, that's not a 45, or a 40, and I gave it a 35, and then, but that, that sometimes, for me, like it informs like the rest of it, it's like, okay, the first beer sort of sets the, this is kind of why a lot of times you're given a a uh, what's what's the word the calibration, calibration. beer yeah. where you kind of like find yourself and then you move from there. But anyway, the point is like yeah, like I don't think you should lose from being first. It's more just like it may change your score a little bit. And I find scores to be a little bit not that important in in general overall, and it's more about placement. In, in the group, and I mean they are. When you score twenty five and you win first, then it's kind of like, well, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah, but, it, but yeah. When, you know, when it's like a thirty or a thirty eight or you know, or thirty two, thirty eight thing, it kind of sometimes does depend on the order because you don't want to like, you know, uh, give the highest score on the first go round. But like, uh, you know, the more experience you get, the more willing you are to do something like that. Like this is really an outstanding beer, and I'm going to give it a really high score right out of the out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, and good competitions. We'll keep the flights limited, you know, six to eight beers per flight, so you're not overwhelmed. And, a, you know, a yeah. good, good uh, steward will always ask if you want to hold your beer aside to, to taste it later. And, yeah, sometimes you do just like, oh, that was good. And then you forget about it a little bit, but you come back and taste it. It's like, you know what, that was better than the other one. Let's adjust our scores. And you, you can do that. That's, yeah. Yeah. Something you can do. Okay. Yeah. So that does happen. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All that stuff. That's, that's good to know. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, then no. one more. Yeah, come, get out and judge sometime. Give it a try. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I've judged a little bit. Okay. Enough, yeah. But nothing like, nothing uh, serious. But it's uh, just uh, local stuff. But uh, have you guys ever gave a perfect score? <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's impossible. Even for commercial beers, like. I don't know. I mean, maybe the highest I've ever given something was like a forty-five, maybe. And even that, I don't. Yeah. Think I, I don't think I've done that. Like, I think I've seen a forty-five, but I don't think I've ever like personally. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much a. I'm very pessimistic person in general, so it's kind of like yeah, there's no way. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like okay, but um, maybe my own beer yeah. when I'm drunk one when, when night it's in my, own, my basement. But uh, it's, this is a sixty. Yeah, you know what? No. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I will not I will not rule it out, but I've never given a perfect score. High forties okay. is like mind blowing best beer you've ever had. Yeah. Um, I will say though that I judged next to a judging pair that gave a Perry a score of forty nine, and both judges were in agreement. They gave it a forty nine, and I was sitting next to them. It was and it was you know NHC on the West Coast. And I tasted that Perry, and it was freaking fantastic. I, hmm. I would say it deserved it. Wow. I, and I don't drink a lot of Perry, but I would drink the hell out of that. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I, I, I once proctored an, I proctored an exam, and we give beers, and they judge people. They, they, people judge beers there, and somebody once gave a forty nine to a beer while he was in his exam. And I'm like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be five And the Proctors gave it like the Proctors gave it like a 25. And he gave right it a 49. Oh, wow. Well, you pick <laughs> a new hobby. Yeah. I hope he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, oh, Nick. Awesome. Is that good? Oh. Thanks for sharing your beer. Yeah. This was All a right. fun one for we'll sure. Let you go. Keep, keep brewing. 
and get out right, and judge thanks, more. Guys. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. All right, dude. Thanks, man. Cheers. Had fun. Later, dude. Bye. Yeah, some good questions for us. Cool. I like that, dude. Yeah, that's cool. I like uh, I like questions like that. That's not neat. Um, speaking of other things that are neat, have you visited the Vault for Home Brewers? It's White Labs' collection of specialty one-of-kind strains. We were able to pre-order and decide which strains are released to home brewers. All you have to do is visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and place a pre-order on the strain you'd like to use. Once it reaches 150 orders, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it direct to your doorstep. And there's good news for professional brewers as well. If you want access to any vault strains for your next brew day place a minimum order of 1.5 liters through yeastman.com and you'll get access to their unique specialty strains as well so you don't have to order 150 orders as a professional brewer you can just <laughs> that can one you get and a half like liters. A, a flash mob of home brewers together to just like let's get them to make the weirdest ass yeast like <laughs> that's I think on that list yeah i th- i think that's the point so uh, check it out whitelabs.com uh, slash the vault that's We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give a prize away, and then we're going to we're going to we're going to leave. So uh, hang on. We'll be right back. It's Doctor Homebrew. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today i'm sorry to tell you this but we're gonna have to pour you out back to dr homebrew All right, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. We're almost done. We have to give away a $40 gift certificate to grogtag.com for the winner to craft their own customizable, customized uh, beer labels, wine labels, kombucha labels. I don't know what people do. Um, What are those called? The red things on top of the (laughs) bottle caps, caps. metal signs, tap handles, all that kind of stuff. Grogtag.com. And who are we giving the $40 to tonight? It goes to um, Chris from the Cigar Bar with the Russian Imperial (laughs) Stout. That Uh, guy wins the freaking I wish I could give him something just because. Because he got uh, a zero, right? He got a zero, but, uh, you know. uh, We'll go to the other Chris. To the other Chris. All All right, right. Chris, good job with the Methaglin, Megath. Megathon. The Megathon. The Megathon. Okay. The Megathon. Sounds like a Star Wars creature. It does, right? I rode the Megathon. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm a little. Some good creatures in the new movie. Haven't seen it yet. Want to see it? Yeah, me too. We'll see it. We'll see it soon. 
There's no time, man. There's no time anymore. Christmas Day, man. Screw the presents. Oh, Luke does some interesting things to those creatures. Get at it. Okay, Brian's, Brian's fired. <laughs> He's off the mic. Uh, anyway, everybody, thanks a lot for uh, listening to this weird show. Thanks for Chris and Nick. Or thanks to Chris and Nick for sending in beers. Thanks to the other Chris for taking our phone call and then giving us a shout-out in the cigar bar. Also, it was like... Eight o'clock, where that dude was, or eight thirty yeah. at home. in a like, oh, Yeah, man. it's like, bro. <laughs> Thursday night. Thursday night. Let's Woo! tell you what. Let's tear it up right now. <laughs> yeah, those hop grenades getting pretty loud too. Man. They're like blaring Radiohead out yeah, there. Yeah, it's Ooh, weird. Radiohead. Um, anyway, uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks a lot for listening to Doctor Homebrew. Thank you to Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestar.com. Get everything you need to clear your not clear clean your beer, clean your beer equipment, sanitize everything, do all that kind of stuff because they are the best at it. They know what they're doing. They've been doing it forever. And if you're not using Five Star, then you're just not making good beer. Also, go to the website and go to our store. You have thirty to fifty percent off almost every thing in our store uh, and that's wow. happening i think till the end of the year or something like that i'm not entirely sure but uh do it and do it now all right everybody thanks a lot for tuning in and uh you know we'll see you later cheers, cheers.